Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Vinitali International Academy, announcing the 24th of our Italian Wine Ambassador courses to be held in London, Austria, and Hong Kong from the 27th to the 29th of July. Are you up for the challenge of this demanding course? Do you want to be the next Italian Wine Ambassador? Learn more and apply now at vinitaliinternational.com. Italian Wine Podcast, a Wine to Wine Business Forum 2021 media partner, is proud to present a series of sessions highlighting the key themes and ideas from the two-day event held on October the 18th and 19th. 2021. This hybrid edition of the Business Forum was jam-packed with the most informed speakers discussing some of the hottest topics in the wine industry today. For more information, please visit winetowine.net and tune in every Thursday at 2 p.m. Central European Time for more episodes recorded during this latest edition of Wine to Wine Business Forum. Good afternoon, everybody, uh, or good morning, uh, depending on uh, where you are in, in the world. And welcome to our session on rethinking and reshaping wine education for the next 20 years. So today, um, I'm here with Jimmy Smith uh, from the West London Wine School uh, and some other wine schools. So we're here to have a... Um, conversation uh just really think about what's been happening uh over the last while and um the impact that uh it's likely to have on wine education uh before we get started um we're going to introduce ourselves so let's start with jimmy hello everybody wherever you may be it's a delight to be here and thank you so much for the introduction mary um as mentioned i am jimmy smith so i am the owner of two wine schools here in the United Kingdom. One is West London Wine School, which is the largest independent WSET provider in the UK. South London Wine School. Um, I also have a wine bar called Streatham Wine House. And then the last business is an online educational portal, which is called Wine with Jimmy. So I do basically wine buying and wine education. That's my speciality here in the UK. Thank you. And my name is Mary Gorn-McAdams. I'm a Master of Wine. And despite my accent, um, I live in New York City and I've been living here for almost 20 years. Um, I am Director at International Wine Centre uh, in Manhattan. And International Wine Centre was the, actually brought WSET to the United States Um over 30 years ago, um, and uh, was the first WSET school uh, in the in the Americas. And um, I'm also a wine business strategist, um, but I've been teaching and talking about uh, wine. I'm teaching WSET since 2002, when I first moved to the United States. So it is absolutely my pleasure to be here with uh, Jimmy to to talk about um, wine education and uh, how it might. Uh, reshape and rethink itself over the next 20 years. So basically, sort of the next uh, sort of half an hour, we're basically going to try and uh, try, <laughs> we don't have a crystal ball, <laughs> but mm-hmm. to discuss um, and explore the destructive forces, um, including a pandemic, uh, but also sort of technological, social, economic, and, and cultural forces that are, are sort of 
forcing us or making us rethink um, wine education. Maybe just a little bit of tweaking, more reshaping, or maybe completely uh, inventing it as we develop um, wine education in terms of content, uh, format, and delivery over the next 20 years. So we don't necessarily have all the answers, but uh, I think this session will be useful in terms of discussing and having you know insights from two very different perspectives uh, with their sort of fingers in the edge wine education pie going back over uh, 20 years. Um, I think, Mo, it's, it's been called a special relationship in the past, isn't it, the US and the UK? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we'll continue with that nice little pond in between. Um, but I think, yeah, the, uh, two uh, enormously important markets uh, for wine and wine education. And uh, I hope that um, during the session that you'll um, you know, get some interesting insights as to uh, the impact of these forces. Uh, also, the, the different um, political, business, regulatory uh, environments uh, and social forces that are helping shape uh, wine education. In terms of how we how we reach people, how we extend that reach, uh, and how we deliver uh, for the future. So um, let me see. So where what are we going to talk about? Okay, so next slide. Actually, we do have two more slides. Um, if we could, yeah, we can keep going, please. Yeah. Okay. So so these are some discussion points that we are hoping to to get uh, through. Um, I think it's important to start with where we where we were. And sort of have a have a little look back at um, the sort of traditional wine education models uh, before um, 2020, when uh, there were major disruptions uh, around the world. So look at sort of how how um, how COVID then impacted uh, what we do, um, and I think throughout that entire time, we were also faced with a lot of um, social, cultural, and, and political unrest around the world, which you know feeds into to everything we do. Um, and obviously technology feeds hugely into how we have managed uh, throughout COVID. Um, and with that in, um, in mind, we are going to chat about uh, how we come out of this because there is no going back to the, the old past, um, but how we, uh, how we create and how we evolve uh, for the next sort of 20 uh, plus years. What do you think, Jimmy? Do have a good agenda to start with? That sounds absolutely wonderful. Yeah, Get really, really excited to get stuck into this. So, yeah. Super. Okay. Um, well, I think we can close out the the PowerPoint so that uh, hopefully everybody can see us more clearly as we sort of dive into the uh, our conversation. So, Jimmy, I thought we'd start with with you, and maybe you could tell us a little bit about sort of um, the past <laughs> and how sort of your the education models that you you work with sort of pre twenty twenty. Um, and, and, and how then that sort of, uh, I guess, came on stuff a little bit as we um, started in sort of March 2020 with COVID. Yes. Uh, well, interestingly for us, um, we, of course, being two wine schools, we have um, quite a big reach across the United Kingdom. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting discussion in terms of how the U.S versus the UK, it's affected it. But for us, of course, just like everybody else, we were stuck in our tracks and we could not move as soon as the COVID uh, pandemic was unleashed upon us. And this was um, back at early 2020. Now, before that, we, uh, as a wine educational model, we were not online. So we were purely classroom-based. Uh, we would also 
uh, tend to have quite a few people in our classrooms as well, um, and really preying upon the, the social side of, of wine education. Uh, and the same with our professional courses as well. So we would have um, classroom-based uh, education, uh, and it was uh, it was it was a wonderful wonderful way of doing it. But however, um, we were thinking and toying with the idea of um, online education, but it was it was sped up. And no doubt we're going to talk about uh, that approach as well. Um, now, pre-COVID. I have the West London Wine School and South London Wine School. Post-COVID, we have the online formats of both of those, and we also have uh, my Wine with Jimmy online portal as well, which has been a huge thing to, uh, to, to move forward. But everything got brought forward quicker. We had to learn a lot quicker. Uh, we had to really react because when COVID came into play in March, everything stopped. And Mary, you'll know this as well. So... All the financials stopped, everything stopped. Um, but we had customers, uh, and, and these are both professional and also consumers, who were just crying out for something. They wanted to do something in those early lockdowns. So we, we quickly moved at that point to put online education into play. Um, but it was all absolutely new to us. So we're going to talk a little bit, Mary, I think, later about... Uh, the challenges of online platforms, but how we've had to adapt. So I'll leave that for now. But we were largely um, classroom-based. We were very much, um, uh, you know, mainly sort of local schools. I, I, I suppose if you look at a lot of wine schools across the United Kingdom, they are very much based in certain urban centres. Uh, and um, really, we were looking around our locality, and that, of course, has changed dramatically with with the online the online approach. Yeah, I mean, I, I would totally echo, uh, Jimmy, what you're saying. Um, and I think we had we had a few additional wrinkles here in New York. So the U.S. is a, is a very large uh, wine market. So the um, the rolling out of wine education tends to be uh, in person and and local. Uh, so in regarding WSCT, um, you have you know schools in in, in many different states. Um, a little wrinkle, and each state has its own set of uh, you know rules and regulations. Um, New York is uh, sadly unusual in that wine schools are regulated by the New York Edu Board of Education. So uh, that means that everything we do has to be uh, approved. So on top of uh, any other sort of like WSET um, environment you're working in, there's also New York State. Um, on that fateful day, um, second week in March, when we were closed down because of pandemic, um, as you say, you know, it's not like you have no customers in your store. We had eight level two courses uh, in progress uh, already started, and two level threes, and we had for um, WSET, and we're, we were also in the middle of diploma. So it's all about, oh, my goodness, um, are we really shutting for two weeks or what's happening? And how do we manage uh, our, our current student body who, as you said, are, are just in the middle of their courses? Um, so people are scattered. Um, and that created another wrinkle. Um, at that stage, everybody here in the U.S. was um, the, the word of COVID pivot, um, you know, adapting to, to Zoom. And, and, and you, as you say, we... We didn't have an online offering. Uh, also, we would have had been approved by New York State to offer uh, the same classes in an online environment as well. So, like you, you know, we we had to sort of had we had to scramble 
how do we um how do we uh, continue to support our students and and even to um pivot to zoom for remaining classes uh, that created uh, another challenge but we got there and i think uh, one thing that uh, covid has shown us is um the resilience and the the creativity and and how quickly we can uh, adapt and, and evolve and embrace a lot of uh, technology tools. Um, because I think without it, if you think back 20 years ago, if this happened, it would have been quite uh, in, impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Jimmy, I'd love to sort of then talk through, uh, you know, pivoting to online. And then there's always the sticky question of wine. Well, Mary, before we do, can I just ask a quick question? Did you find then... Because this is intriguing for me, because of course you have different politics yeah. uh, around um, wine in, in, the, in, the, in the U.S. As you mentioned, did you did you find that the you said the the New York um, uh, the governing body did they were they flexible in terms of you pivoting to? Uh, yes, they were flexible, um, but they were slow. So it, it took um, so that, that was a, a you know sort of the second week in March when we closed. There was another month before. We had um, uh, received approval for every single course that we wow. wanted to. So, say yeah. level one wine, level one spirits, level two wine, and uh, just to kind of process that paperwork of being approved temporarily to um, continue these close cl- classes um, over Zoom, and that was separate to our then uh, embracing the online uh, platform. And offer yeah. online courses, which similarly had to go through not just the can we do it, but creating of another curriculum and submitting an approval. So it's it's a lengthy process, and I think wow. even within the US, it's not really understood the implications of um, operating in a state where uh, one education is regulated by the state in terms yeah. of we're a trade school basically, and yeah. um, it is it is good in the sense it's regulated to protect um the students, um, but when you're already operating under a solid environment, such as the WSET, it just uh, it just puts an extra burden in terms of everything that you try to I'm, do. I'm getting a headache just thinking about the administration of all of that, so yes, you know, yeah. <laughs> to get through it. <laughs> it's great that you're on the other side. Yes, yes. So, you know, I think uh, I, I, I give enormous credit to, to our team. We're a small team in terms of the, the full-time team at the school were five. Um, we, you know, <laughs> you hear everybody talking about getting into baking and doing all these things during lockdown. We were working flat out just to um, to, to convert and to pivot and, yep. and, and working remotely. And so this was a, this brought in another challenge for us because um, wine. So um, our students, uh, you know, they want to taste wine during classes. So when mm-hmm. we converted to, to Zoom, um, that was another challenge because uh, uh, when COVID hit, people spread everywhere. So it's a very large country. Um, and also as a licensed school, we don't have a license to ship wine or to um, rebottle wine. Uh, so that took another couple of months to work out how do we... Um, how do we deliver on, on, on the wine tasting part? And um, that really happened a few months later after we kind of did Zoom with Theory and people started coming back to the city and then started our own little mini bottling line uh, at the school where students would come in and, and pick up uh, the bottles. And that worked tremendously. That was an enormous breakthrough to 
um, to get over that hurdle. I think, uh, yeah, I'd like to echo that as well. It, it's um, first of all, you mentioned your team, and it's the same here. We've got a wonderful team that um, once again worked flat out. You know, we were working. If we were working sixty-hour weeks beforehand, we were working seventy-hour weeks. You know, and we were just putting in the extra time to make sure that the business would um, would would have an offering, would be able to do something. And um, our steps, we actually have a slightly different step process as how we got into it, because the first thing we did, which was in uh, the 1st of April, I remember that purely as, as if it was yesterday, because it was our first online tasting that we did with a South African winemaker, Peter Allen Finlayson. But what we did initially, because we didn't have the little rebottling facility straight away, uh, the same as you, Mary, that came a little bit later. Um, we were actually sending out full bottles for consumer events, but not WSET at that point. Um, so for our consumer-based events, which may be meet the winemaker or whatever it may be, we were actually working with our suppliers here in the UK that works with our with our schools as well as our wine bar, but to deliver those cases directly to the the doorstep of the consumer. Uh, and that was actually our, our offering for about three months, from about March to June or April to June, July. We offered um, four cases of wine, so six uh, six wines in a, in a box, sent to the doorstep. But we would actually have to change our model of a tasting because we couldn't expect um, our consumers to uh, drink six bottles of wine in a night. So we, um, I mean, some of them were like, yeah, that's fine. No, absolutely fine. But- <laughs> But we have a we have a responsibility um, in terms of uh, consumption of alcohol. So we we actually broke our tastings into two or three. So it would meet the winemaker, but it would be over two Tuesday nights uh, or three Tuesday nights where you have two wines or three wines per evening. Um, and linking it with people like Coravan, uh, who would then you know people would be able to taste those wines at home. So actually, our model begun like that, and because that's been so successful, uh, we've continued that model. But because that model's not always applicable to uh, professional courses, we've we've adapted to the the sample bottle uh, market as well, which I think was first pioneered here in the UK by Sixty Seven Pound Mile, uh, and we we tied in tied in with that as well. But we we are now doing um, the sample bottle across all of our formats. It may be consumer, it may be professional, but um, but yes, the, these little sample bottles. If you put the right team behind you, the right equipment for rebottling, um, and the understanding of you know time scales about how how they can keep, how long they can keep, then it can be really successful. And it, it's been a fantastic um, a discovery for us. And and I want to I want to put in a, a little sort of selfish point here, if I may, because being and and Mary, you know this recently about me. I'm, I'm a father, and another one's on the way. Uh, it's quite nice to be at home a bit more rather than in a tasting environment continuously. So it's quite nice to do online tastings at home for me. Selfishly, it means I'm always here. So <laughs> it's quite, quite been a, quite a nice process for it as well. Yeah, I have to. Uh, I, I agree with that. That even though you know, I'd never like to go back to the uh, the heart of the lockdown, but um, I think uh, I'll never again get the same time to spend at home with my my husband and now son, who's eighteen, just gone off to college. Um, but I just want to add in a little bit uh, to what you were saying about the, the the samples. You know, we were incredibly envious of you in, in the UK with the ease with which you could. Um, uh, bottle. Um, again, you know, sort of all of that is terribly regulated and by state here. Um, and our our um, 
our students were are from the tri-state, so not just New York in, in, in terms of where New York City is. So it's equally New Jersey, Connecticut, um, and, you know, we, in the, in the months we were researching, how do we, um, how do we create and how we deliver on, on the, the little bottles? Um, we talked to, to, you know, people who were saying, well, why don't you do what X is doing in California? Well, you know, that's not possible because we're in, in New York. Um, so we did talk to a number of New York state wineries. Um, it would have been very expensive for WCT classes, but even if we had sort of just buried that, and they could only then ship to our students who are in New York City or New York State. And yeah. um, so that was never going to work. Um, and what we did then, we just basically um, bought all the wines as we ordinarily would. And, and our two people from our little tiny team, basically in-house, opened bottles. Tested them and poured. It was uh, it was not done in a in a sort of a, um, a scientific right. environment, and yeah. um, it was the only environment we could do it in. And we uh, also bottled um, sort of uh, samples for the instructors at the same time, and some sort of library samples to, that we would test. And I have to say the the quality integrity of the wines um, was phenomenal because we were teaching with those wines. Uh, students would pick up four weeks at a time, and um, because we could not ship. Um, and they came into the school and they picked up a little box and then we would uh, taste. And I was very often that fourth week teaching. And I have to say, uh, the, 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 the wines kept phenomenally well. And that saved us. That was just the fact students then could taste. Uh, we could have back resume our classes with tasting, which, um, as you know, Jimmy, you know, tasting is the applied theory. And they're a critical part to um to, to a wine class and particularly for our, our professional students uh, who were, you know, sort of tracking for the various credentials and not being able to taste had been a big issue. Yeah. Uh, I'm conscious on time. So yeah. shall we? Shall yeah, we I just want to ask you, ask you one more question in terms of the, um, just in terms of what we've learned. Did you find that also, you know, for yourself and also, uh, you know, uh, instructors or educators that work with you, uh, you have to rethink how you deliver your class via Zoom in terms of uh, keeping the students engaged, making sure everybody keeps their video on. Um, and I, I'm interested if you would like to share any kind of insights as to uh, yeah. strategies yeah, that sure. you might have developed uh, in that sense. Yeah, so um, first of all, uh, the, the first thing I'd like to highlight is that there is more to life than Zoom. Uh, so um, I, I would urge anybody out there who is in wine education and who is um, thinking about adopting uh, an online model to spend time heavily investing in, in the right platform for you, um, the, the correct platform that suits your needs. Uh, we don't actually use Zoom. We use something called Click Meeting, which has been exceptionally useful for us. Uh, and it's really just thinking about um, what you want to add in what you want to create as a complete package. So it um, enables us to add in uh, Google Earth videos, um, short clips and videos, of course, loads of linking. I know Zoom and other things will do this as well, but we wanted to use something else. So the right platform is very important. In terms of um, uh, little things you have to do, and you have to think re remarkably outside the box because it is a different environment. We can't, we can't deny that... Uh, Online is different. Um, so with 
my educators and and I, we we would start the tastings, even if it's professional or consumer, we would start them 15 minutes early and finish them 15 minutes before uh, after as well. So in terms of having um, bookend the, the actual tasting, so you uh, can invite people to join early and have a chat just like you would have in person when people start to arrive at the tasting. So they would they would turn up, um, they would start to talk, maybe they've got some of the wines open, uh, certainly if it's a consumer event, not, not so much a professional event. But we love the fact that that creates um, a social aspect, which we all know that we miss, uh, or people really, that's their first their first thought about online is that um, then they don't want to do online tasting because they're going to miss the social aspect of it. Wine is social, uh, so if we can, we can create something social about that, that's that's really what I really would aim for in in our classes, both professional and consumer. And then um, really, uh, the other thing is about cameras and things like that. It's 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 repetition in terms of urging people to. Um, it's the same thing you have in class, really. You, you'll notice that some students are quieter uh, and you need to think outside the box in terms of breakaway sessions, group sessions that you can do within your platform to try and help them um, come out of their shell a bit more. So uh, in terms of camera, we're quite flexible with cameras. We do allow people to switch them off if they don't want them on, you know, um, you know, because some people are a little bit wary about where they are that, you know, they don't want to broadcast their living room or whatever it may be uh, so we do let people have their cameras off but um, we do uh, always check in with them at certain points uh, with little um, sessions how about you mary what do you do are you enjoying this podcast there is so much more high quality wine content available from mama jumbo shrimp check out our new wine study maps our books on italian wine including italian wine unplugged the Jumbo Shrimp Guide to Italian Wine, Sangiovese Lambrusco and other stories, and much, much more on our website, mamajumboshrimp.com. Now back to the show. Yeah, I mean, I think what you said is choosing the, the platform is really important and also um, uh, varying, you know, what you're you're using, like accessing either the videos or you mentioned sort of the Google Earth. And um, one thing that we found really critical, particularly, um, you know, say for level three and definitely for level four was um, <laughs> advanced homework. So we would, um, you know, give the students work to do that they would have to um, submit in advance. And then that would be their part of the discussion. Um, and at the beginning, there was a little, oh, but then um, students really wanted it because it, it meant for more of a conversation and a discussion as you would have in class. Um, and it also enabled, uh, which I felt from early on, is get rid of the PowerPoint because uh, well, then you can have more of a direct discussion engaging with the students. So to really be careful how you manage um, PowerPoint, that you're not presenting at students, that you you try to create more of that interactive um discussion uh, environment that you would have in the classroom. Um, but, you know, we, we, we learned as we went along, you know, from uh, from the first class thing, you've got to change this to um, little tweaks. But certainly we learned a lot and in terms of how to, to better engage and, um, you know, keep students part of the discussion for you know, two and a half hours plus. 
Um, so that, 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 they were, they were really positive learning outcomes. And I think, um, there's certain, there's, there's certain intimacy when you've got a small group that you're working with on Zoom as well. And I think there are things that we can turn up towards for the future as well. So, uh, yeah. what's, what's our last little point now? So, um, so then in, in terms of, you know, now we're all, um, sort of coming out for one, uh, one way or the other and bringing students back into the, the classroom. We actually brought students back in last January. We decided we would, uh, offer, we were allowed to. So, um, slowly, slowly, we normally would have two classrooms going, one with, uh, 28, 30 students and one with 20 students. So we just use one large classroom and max it out at, at 12. Everybody, you know, eight foot, had their own eight foot table. Not a good revenue model. Um, but just to see if people would come back and, um, they, they're, they're coming back. So, uh, that's, but it's, you know, it, again, it's a big change to dealing with, uh, teaching wearing masks and keeping your students engaged and also, being conscious as to what kind of things you can still do for them online in terms of either some theory sessions or or, or homework sessions. How about you, uh, Jimmy, as you're sort of coming back into uh, yeah, I mean, world? yeah, I mean, you've got to learn to smile with your eyes, haven't you, uh, these yeah. days? Um, so it's 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 definitely um, very interesting because we we did some polls about uh, to our to our consumers and our professionals about. Um, would you like to come back into classroom if you could? Uh, and we did have an overwhelming response actually say that they would. Uh, and that ties in, of course, people really love the social aspect of, uh, of wine. Um, but we also, as a business, have to think financially. And financially, um, you know, with smaller class sizes, it's, it's a, a, a changed business model. So for us, online is, is a really good model forward. Um, but it's about communicating how online is very positive because there is a negativity around it because it's not really the social side of it. Um, so we're, we're trying to promote that our consumer events could be, you could buy a couple of kits and you get friends around and share it, you know, at an online tasting. Um, and we also are trying to, uh, one thing I really do want to mention is that you have at your fingertips, literally, you have at your fingertips a world of information. So often the education is at a higher level, I find, when it's being taught online, because you do have everything there. I'm not sure about you, Mary, but when I'm in class, I, I do like to go off piece quite a lot. And, you know, I might, I'll be moving around the classroom and, and sometimes I might not cover a hundred percent of what I should be doing, but, you know, it could be like very, very good for the, the student, uh, but but online it's absolutely there, and I have reminders, and there's loads of things um, that really help. Plus, uh, one thing I've been doing a lot more recently is bringing in winemakers uh, or very important uh, you know, wine professionals, um, journalists, or whoever it may be, but mainly winemakers for um, my wine scholar guild courses, for example, um, because. In the past, they're not available. You know, a winemaker visits New York City for three days and they are, you know, packed to the rafters. You know, they are doing breakfast, lunch and dinner. And you trying to get them to your wine school is often a bit more of a challenge than it needs to be. But online, they can't hide from us anymore. They, they will be at home. Um, they, they may be 
doing whatever they have to be doing, but they can spare an hour or half an hour. And I've been bringing in a lot of winemakers, which for me has been really enriching the experience for the student and the consumer. Um, so, for example, on my Alto Adige part of my uh, um, Wine Scholar Guild, we had the um, representatives of Cantina Bolzano there, and they uh, sampled some wines for us. And we and we had a wonderful part presentation that really enriched the experience for the students. So I, I would really, um, I, I see myself as a bit of a flag flyer, a bit of an ambassador for online, because I think um, I don't want to lose in person because in person is wonderful, but online can be really exceptional if if we think about it in a clever way. I, I, I totally uh, agree. And I think uh, the last year has shown us um, how also on- online can level the playing field for um, for people. Uh, I'm heavily involved in the education side with the Institute of Masters of Wine as well. And obviously, um, you know, while it's essentially a self-study program, students have to uh, do a week of seminars each year in, in a certain place. And, you know, what you do there is always limited by, you know, who the professions you have access to as well as your your MW and sort of educator body. And, and this year, uh, it was tremendous for students because uh, every week there were, you know, multiple um, educational webinars with uh, with winemakers and not just winemakers, but every sort of facet of the uh, viticultural, uh, technical, you know, winemaking side of, of the industry. And as we are going back into next year, um, resuming the in-person, we're, we're looking at, we're definitely not looking at, we are maintaining a lot of that um, online because the depth and breadth and, and wealth of um of not just information, but exchange that was facilitated um, through uh, online uh, various or uh, we always tend to use the word Zoom, but but various platforms, <laughs> and and that's something that uh, basically I think has been a, a real awakening um, during COVID that we can offer our students access, conversation time um, with people from uh, winemakers, wine people from around the world just at the, the click of a button. So that's mm-hmm. something I think we, we need to continue to to integrate into our, our programs, really to add that those levels of, of depth and um, and interest. And it's, uh, you know, you can work around the, around the wines. You don't necessarily have to have wine all the time, but, you know, a lot of the wines are available uh, in various markets. Um, but it's it's something that, you know, we're, we're, we're going to maintain as well. I, th- I think I think you're exactly right. If you look, I mean, it's a little bit annoying to say this, but the, the world there is convenience in the world, and and we need to think as wine educators, we need to fit into being convenient, because it's not always easy for someone to drive for two hours to come to a specialist tasting uh, in in your wine school or wherever it may be. But if you can bring in the convenient factor of um, you know, bringing a winemaker he or she to their door, you know, to their screen, and then you're able to organize the samples professionally, securely. Um, I think that is a huge benefit. And you've got to think about people that are you know, very worried about uh, the pandemic still, and they may be shielding them, their loved ones or their family, or they may be having a family like me, and uh, you know, time might be a little bit uh, less available. Um, these online tastings, certainly for my education, has been wonderful. I've been able to access a huge wealth of online uh, tastings, which has been absolutely fantastic. If it's done professionally and well, then 
I think it really should be here to stay because I, I'm excited, very excited about what we can keep offering in the future. Um, and you never know, Mary, we might, we might do a sort of a cross-Atlantic uh, tasting or something in the future. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and I think also, uh, you know, particularly when uh, in the freshman side of students, you know, go to more advanced levels, I, it's really important that they understand different wine business environments. And, you know, yeah. the UK and the US being, um, <laughs> somewhat, you know, they, uh, it, it, Two at the top of the sort of food chain in terms of market size and, and, and dynamic, uh, I think it would be really interesting to to do some uh, exchanges. Um, I want to go back to a point you made, Jimmy, about um, uh, sort of dispelling the any negative uh, perceptions that that people have about um, you know online um, study. And, and apart from you know these the sort of uh, additional um, fleshing out and sort of meet the winemaker types of online learning we also have um focus a lot more on the wset online uh, platform uh, where we would work with the uh, the students as well so complement with some you know zoom sessions or um uh, ways to create community and help them create community when they're um, when they're learning because there is a perception that um it's Try that you are interacting with the, with a the machine, but I think uh, for for anyone out there who's not as familiar with the platform now that the WSCT uses for online, it's um, it's very rich, and um, I got involved in moderating a number of the uh, the courses, and I felt in some cases I got to know my students even even better than I, than I would in a class um, because I would offer weekly. Uh, Zoom sessions, and we do some sort of tasting, and and also discuss various assignments they had done to uh, more like tutorial type of things. So I kind of felt that 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 sort of made it kind of like a little bit of a hybrid, where you you were giving them a weekly um, let's sort of meet together on Zoom. And what I found is that they were they were independently, even in the heart of lockdown, um, having their own little tasting sessions and 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 theory sessions uh so the tools are, are there are online i think we we need absolutely need i think the personal interaction uh but there's a, a lot of richness and depth that can be added by integrating online tools i think into your education um design yeah and, and uh, obviously many people around the world listening to this absolutely echo that and, and as an educator, we have we have to think about the social side of it because that is the main loss uh, for people online. So integrating that into everything we've mentioned about how to make the sessions more exciting. Uh, I don't know how about you, Mary, but I have to be on my A game more online, I think, than in oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> There's no way to hide. You've got to be yeah, you've got to be more buzzing, haven't you? And you've got to you've got to make it more enriching and. Um, yeah, that that uh, that I find is is very important because uh, because of the what could be the negativity around uh, online education. But um, but yeah, if if the if the school when well, we we actually offer WSET online um, uh, as if it were in class, so we'll just offer your know, sessions. We go through the full sessions. We don't actually use the platform, but I have heard very positive things about it, and we really wanted to enable to our students that you know you would you would get a very similar experience online than you would in person that was what we were aiming for but what we found is that the level of education they get we think is it's just gone through the roof we think it's wonderful um so hopefully people around the world that are listening to this uh, can be um maybe 
uh, you know their, their mind is set at ease with uh, with online education because I I think it is uh, it's quite wonderful. But I think going forward, it's really we have to think more about um, or maybe there's a complacency in the past. You know, we were there, therefore they came. Um, uh, and, and I think the world has been sort of shaken up uh, quite fundamentally. Um, and I think you know as we go forward, we really have to be you're more thoughtful about our, our reach and um, the various kind of formats that we develop in order to continue to, to reach and engage with a, an increasingly diverse um, community of um, customers for wine education, be they uh, professionals or be they you know, enthusiasts uh, who will remain enthusiasts or who you know want to maybe change their, their sort of uh, career in, in, into wine as well. And, and I think the and by having these different models, and certainly from our perspective, we—I wouldn't say we—we we know, but we've got a little more insight into the the mindset of an online student. Because as we kind of came out of of COVID, um, when during COVID there was nothing else, you know, you it was online or or, or nothing. And as we're coming out of COVID, um, we're beginning to sort of understand that there are certain students for whom online is will always be their preferred format and um, circumstances is sometimes the case but other times people that's just how I like to learn and I you know I don't want to be in a classroom bothered by uh, by somebody that on my case all the time so I think it's helped us really try to understand how you support the very different kinds of uh, of students and, and you know I think one other thing that has been really important throughout whole COVID, it was obviously always there, is a lot of the uh, the social unrest as well. And I think the realization that, um, you know, as, as wine educators, we need to to reach to a broader and more diverse um, community of potential students who may not necessarily have considered that, um, you know, wine could be part of their career or even lifestyle. And I think that's something that is is interesting, particularly as we sort of come out of COVID, and um, to um, extend outreach to more diverse um, environments, schools, uh, to engage with more different people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Great. So let us see. Um, I'm just conscious of our time, and we have got some questions. Okay, more sort of comments. Uh, one social, yes, agree with that. Okay. Um, during we have a question here. During the lockdown, people are receiving bottles and tenders. However, do we feel the appetite for these will remain amongst consumers and the trade now that so many live tasting venues? Um, yeah, you see the question. I mean, I don't think we have. I, I certainly don't have any stats, and I, I certainly um, see the see the person who posed the question's point of view that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it, it, during COVID, that was all we did. We lived uh, for these online tastings day in, day out. Um, I think going forward, we we want to consume, we want to go back to live tastings, meet people in person. But I think they can co uh, cohabit, you know, uh, that uh, there are still occasions when it's nice to think, well, I've got my little bottles here um, and I can I can tune in from home because I can go to that extra tasting that I may not be able to physically go to because I'm committed to three other things or I'm teaching in, in, in two hours. So um, I, I agree. I think, I think um, just echoing uh, a point that I made earlier, but um, the, for me, the sample kit tastings, the virtual tastings are here to stay because the school that offers them should be 
they have more innovation and creativity behind them now. They have possibilities of making more interesting tastings. You know, uh, for example, I've got a tasting coming up with, uh, you mentioned Finger Lakes. I've got uh, a few New York Finger Lake winemakers uh, doing a tasting, which I would never be able to do before because they wouldn't all three of them be in the London, London at the same time. So I think um, we're going to keep online tastings. We're going to keep our professional courses because we definitely have a call for them. We have seen the numbers decrease a little bit uh, when we have reopened, but consumer events, virtual tastings are here to stay because it gives us another an, another tool in, in our toolkit, another, another gun in our armory in terms of really being able to offer a broader spectrum. So uh, I think uh, for us, they're, they're here to stay uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think that, uh, as you say, you know, that the, the, the finger legs tasting. I think we're going through a time, you know, now there'll be a bit of sort of, as we sort of go, go back into in person, there there will be this extra period of, of uncertainty. But I think when the dust settles, um, uh, the more diverse offerings, I think, that you can offer because there is no one, um, you know, single type of, you know, wine uh, students, and uh, if you can offer um, a lot of different, I think it's wine education is a very competitive environment these days. Um, in wine is a very competitive environment, and certainly the wine education has become increasingly competitive. And I think um, the these the, the richer the offering you have, um, just you know, it really enables you to to offer something different to your students, and and also to remain relevant mm. and be on top of your game. And I, I think travel as well. I mean, travel is getting easier, but uh, it's still tough for, for you know key speakers and winemakers, etc., to move around the world. So it's um, in, in the short term that means that we're definitely going to have uh, more online online yeah. events. Great. Okay, let me just check if there more questions. Uh, we have one more minute before I guess we'll be. Uh, yeah, question from Nicole about figuring out. I think we've answered that. Um, yeah, how many, how many to make? I think if the if the topic is is interesting, um, people will still want to access you, uh, talk to you, meet you, taste your wines. And the one thing that we were always short on is time. Mm. Um, and I really think having uh, this combination of of in person um, education and um, complemented by ongoing uh, online I think that makes a much happier place then we won't all be dead from traveling um, that we can kind of uh, strive to a balance and yet kind of have it all in a way yeah I, and uh, I think you mentioned Mary about uh, 15 minutes ago but getting into the the mind of an online student uh, it's um, I mean it's a quite difficult task to do but if if we can try and figure out I think um an online student will want that diversity. They will come to an uh, in-person because that's the kind of person they are. Most of them will. But um, time is, is very precious and they, they will do online as well. It's the same as me. I go to both both now um, and I'm, I'm hopefully learning a lot more from it. I think it's a great uh, a great future ahead for it. I think so. And uh, I think we're going to start to have more and more sophisticated tools for, for doing this. Um, we'll always have to get around the physicality of uh, re-bottling wine into little bottles and, 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 and moving it until we can sort of, I guess, virtually transport it. Um, but I, you know, I think the, you know, as you mentioned with 67 Palmao and, and various wineries here, even though we do have more regulatory environments, I think people have done tremendous jobs in, um, 
in sort of stepping up to the plate and enabling the uh, the small samples of it. Yeah, I, I echo that. We we actually do hire another company now to do most of our professional bottling. So, um, you know, we initially started how you did, Mark Mary, as well, bottling your own kits. But um, if you've got some volume, then please do also research uh, companies that specifically do this now, and you know, they would really help you in terms of your what you can offer. Yeah. Okay. So. Um... Thank you, everybody, for, for tuning in. I, I think we're at the, at the top of the hour. Um, uh, it's been, Jimmy, it's been a real pleasure uh, chatting with you because this is the first time that we've uh, we've actually met and had such a, a good discussion. So I think we should do things together in, in the future. Um, yeah. But thank you, everybody, and for your comments and, and, and questions. And for those of you who are in uh, situ in Verona, I'm jealous. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Uh, maybe next year and uh, hope to see a lot of you either virtually or in person over the next uh, few months. And the same from me. Thank you, everybody who has joined us for this session. Mary, delight to meet you. And thank you for, of course, uh, joining at such an early time in the morning in New York. So, the sun is uh, coming up now behind me. I'm <laughs> <laughs> putting in a big shift. Uh, but yes, uh, thank you so much. And um, if anybody does make their way across to uh, to London, please come and see us. Uh, I've got uh, wine school, the wine bar, so you can come for a class, glass or bottle. So um, wonderful to meet you all. And um, yes, I hopefully see you either online or in person very soon. So thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Vinitali Academy home of the gold standard of Italian wine education. Do you want to be the next ambassador? Apply online at vinitaliinternational.com for courses in London, Austria, and Hong Kong, the 27th to the 29th of July. Remember to subscribe and like Italian Wine Podcast and catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever you get your pods. You can also find our entire back catalog of episodes at italianwinepodcast.com. guys i'm joy livingston and i am the producer of the italian wine podcast thank you for listening we are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began this is a labor of love and we are committed to bringing you free content every day of course this takes time and effort not to mention the cost of equipment production and editing we would be grateful for your donations suggestions requests and ideas for more information on how to get in touch go to italianwinepodcast.com